Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric Salas. Joined alongside me, as always, is Chris Perotti. How you doing, my man? Doing good. Doing good. Not uh, like I said right before the call. Uh, good thing I'm not on a work call till 10:30 yeah, p.m. tonight, so we could record. I know. Yeah. No, we're all good. We're <laughs> here, and we're gonna get after it. So um, we have a Super Bowl. It's set. Um, it will be the it Tampa is. Bay Buccaneers NFC champions versus the AFC two-time champions, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's going to be for the first time in a home stadium of a team that is playing in the Super Bowl, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Um, I mean, The last time we got close to that happening was the Minnesota Miracle and before they got blown out in the next round to the Eagles, yep. before the Eagles took it all the way to the Super Bowl and ended up winning. So, um, yeah, so that, that's what a, what a weird year it's been. And, of course, um, this is what we get. And I mentioned this on my other podcast. It's called Airing It Out. Um, it's with two of my college friends. We kind of just mess around, talk about life, but also sports at the same time. So if you're interested in uh, looking at that, feel free to do so. But I was talking about it with my friends, and I'm just like, we got duped. Like, you know, every single yep. year we fall in love with these matchups. We're like, oh, maybe we'll get a Browns and Bills AFC championship game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. And I'm betting on, like, the Browns with, like, eight minutes left in that um, – divisional round to come back and win because they had that opportunity yep. there we just fall in love with like the bills we're all in like bills mafia and where, where where do we stand right now we got two of the best quarterbacks in the game right now one of them has been the goat over the span of 20 years towards the tail end of his career makes it back to a super bowl with a different team in its first year versus a quarterback that you know uh that you know, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, who is one of the greatest in the game right now and may go down as one of the best if he keeps his career at this level. And I even think um, later on in his career down the line, which I think he'll have a long career because as soon as he has a pocket presence and we know he has an arm, so the day he won't be able to run and it's not like as effective in the game plan, he's still going to be an amazing quarterback. So that's already scary to think about. Yep. But thinking in the present, talking about Patrick Mahomes, he, in his first three years in the in in his career – he was very, very close to having three Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, very close. And it's because D Ford very was close. offsides. And, uh, and I was going to say, yep, because D Ford was offsides and he lost to the man who he's playing now next weekend. Yep, and with overtime rules, he didn't wasn't able to get the ball back. And Tom Brady, he, he's not giving the ball up. And you know when he when you have time left on the clock, he's going to make sure it runs out to zero, and he's going to be the one on top. And that happened this weekend, which we'll get into. Um, but just do a little bit of housekeeping. And uh, we'll get into it. But again, we do have a Super Bowl set. February 7th will be the Super Bowl. Um, so we got a little bit to go, and we'll do a preview show next week. But, Chris, um, big news today. Um, Deshaun Watson has officially, and, you know, we've, heard, we've seen some quick cryptic uh, tweets. We heard um, rumors of Deshaun Watson's unhappiness with the Texans. But today we officially get um, the news that he has requested a trade out of Houston. Um, he will be moving on from the Texans this offseason. And surprisingly, we may even get a lot of quarterback moves coming this offseason, which I thought that 90% of the league was probably okay at this point with the quarterbacks that they had moving forward. But there's going to be a lot of uh, shifting and um, should be a very interesting offseason. But back to the topic at hand, Deshaun Watson out of Houston. What were your immediate thoughts? I thought he was going to stay, man. I really thought that through thick and thin, he was going to stick through and you get pissed through the offseason. You get pissed when the season ends and you kind of just let it go after some time goes by and you're you're back in the swing of things once again but he is officially going to not be a texan but when this is all said and done by march 17th yeah i 
I know we kind of touched on this lightly. The news wasn't out yet, obviously, the other day when we spoke regarding, you know, the new coach coming in didn't matter. He still wanted out. Um, that was known, I believe, this morning. They, yes. uh, they hired a new coach either last night or this morning, and he came out and said, doesn't really matter. I still don't want to be here. So, like you said, he's on his way out. I think, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. There are a lot of places that could definitely utilize him. However, he does have a big cap hit over the next couple of years. You know, 30-plus million a year, that's, that's a big cap hit. That's, that's a big dedication. You're going to be giving up uh, – most likely you're going to be giving up draft picks for that, which is going to be your future. You know, some of these young guys bringing – bringing them in and bringing them all the way up through the organization. You're, you're giving that up and uh, you're potentially giving up paying some other guys that are, you know, a little above average, some contracts down the line as well, because he's going to take a big cap hit. So, yeah. So um, I just think overall, um, you know, the, the times are living in right now, you were talking about Deshaun Watson, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, a lot of teams could use a quarterback like him. Again, he's like dual threat, very elusive in the pocket, can throw deep, everything you'd want in a quarterback. Some of the yeah. some of the qualities that he has that people wish that Lamar Jackson had because he would be he would go much much farther in the way he plays his game. And um, there's even question that's like, are the Ravens like even dipping into this? Like, should they make somewhat of a trade to try to get yeah. him because then it'll put them over the top? That's this is the guy we're talking about. And unfortunately, he's on a team that um, was incompetent. Um, their owner. <laughs> Aren't, I feel like they aren't dialed in with winning as much. That's the, what's what, that's what I've heard. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know their owners' like motive <laughs> about everything. Obviously, every NFL team wants to succeed, um, to put butts in seats and make more money because that's the agenda of the higher ups and the owners. But then, just the way they they run their organization, they bring in uh, Bill O'Brien. You know, we've no, <laughs> we don't have to go through every single thing he's done, but obviously he's <laughs> out of there by now. And he was the GM and the head coach, and um, that usually that's usually is a recipe for success if the guy can't handle it. He couldn't um, make some moves that makes Deshaun Watson upset. He leaves. Um, they bring in someone new, Nick uh, Casario, and um, I guess Deshaun Watson was just. I think it's at this point in his career, and he hasn't been in the league that long. He did sign that big contract. He thought he was going to be Houston Texan for life, but then he realizes, like, I don't think I'm comfortable here. I don't know if I like the guy mm -hmm. I'm working for or bringing in someone new. I wasn't really involved in the mixture of trying to get a head coach. Um, they didn't really ask me, um, and he kind of just, you know, put him to the side for a little bit. You know, he's on vacation, not yeah. returning any calls. People are saying that he's interested in going to the Jets. Um, and mm -hmm. then there was a priority list that came out. Number one was the Jets. Miami was number two. And apparently that wasn't true either. But I really do feel as though there's a significant chance that he does end up being a Jet. And the whole, my whole, you know, thought process behind this Deshaun Watson, um, you know, thing going on here where he wants out of Houston is that this is where you come to find out. And I think the tides are going to turn where NFL players are going to have a lot of the power when it comes to what they, what, where they want to go and how much they want to get paid. And mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson's kind of carving that road now because, you know, he signs a contract, no trade clause. Honestly, what is a contract anymore? Because they're not going to, they're, they're obviously, not going to abide by it. And what they do right. is what the, some of these players have in mind is um, 
you know, if I sign, I get the guaranteed money. And this may not be on the agenda of everyone, but you look at Deshaun Watson's situation, he realizes that he has the guaranteed money. All I need now is that comfortability of going somewhere that will tack on that contract. I play for a head coach I want to play for because it seems as though he's looking for a place where he wants to work with a head coach and kind of have that one-two punch. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that, you know, especially the veterans that don't feel as though they want to be coached. And now you have a guy in Deshaun Watson that wants to be coached at a young age, um, from someone he trusts and someone he admires. Um, he wanted enemy. He wanted um, Robert Sala. That didn't come into fruition. They hired the new head coach. Again, has nothing to do um, with his status of wanting to stay. He wanted out in general. So there could be a lot of stuff behind the scenes that can, re- can be revealed later, but he's really paving the path. And this is something you see in other other sports too, like the NBA. You know, NBA players who sign massive contracts, they act unhappy, they want out. And it's a lot easier to do in basketball. But now that's being yeah. brought over to the NFL, I'm sure that wasn't the reasoning for his motives, Deshaun Watson, but he's realizing that I have the leverage here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of probably a lot of other NFL players may see this too, and in the future may do the exact same thing. Um, and it's, yeah. and it's, it's, it's easier said than done um, for someone who doesn't play the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Um, but for someone who is in the quarterback position like Deshaun Watson, we're talking about a guy who might have the most leverage out of anyone because he's going to end up exactly where he wants to go. And it makes no mm-hmm. sense. People are saying that why isn't like why why aren't the the higher ups and owners, GMs of the Texans, you know, taking a stand here saying like you can hold out all you want, you can be unhappy, you signed a contract with us, you're going to play for us. And again, that's another thing that's easier said than done because you come to realize if you do play it that way and you let them hold out and they stay for as long as they want, that's a huge investment into a person you're having sit out and you're going to have to pay someone or draft someone or, you know, use a draft pick or use some of your cap money to bring someone in that's competent enough to fill in their spot while hoping that they'll stop pouting in their corner and come back and play under your, under your team. And I think teams are like, we can't just, like throw this money basically into the garbage and light it on fire just so that we hope this guy isn't petty anymore and he comes back. Yeah. So that's where the players really start to have that leverage and Deshaun Watson, I I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we see him um, as a jet soon again, there might, there's some other teams in the mix for him and I'm sure there's other calls and I, and, but I feel like the jets have the most capital. They have the most to give up. They have the most to give the Texans at a comfortable um, standing for both teams or they feel happy about making the trade. I feel like for other teams, yeah. it's, it's too much to give up and it's, it's where they are in this draft too at number at number two. So that mm-hmm. I think that's very, yeah. very huge. And that goes above the pick Miami had from the um, Laramie Tunsil trade. Yeah. So this is huge, man. Um, where do you expect him to go? Obviously, the Jets are the front runner. That's what we're hearing. But as soon as something like that happens, another team swoops in, and we're like, "Oh, didn't expect that." So, yeah, I mean, well, I got a notification earlier on in the day that uh, one of the teams that was uh, going to go at least go heavy form in free agency they didn't say they were a heavy contender. They were just going to go. You know, they didn't mind throwing a lot out. Was the Panthers? They were yep. saying that uh, they were going to be a team that was going to try to you know go all in for them. So, uh, to be honest, though, when you look at that, that division, I mean, the early rumors are that Drew Brees is out. Um, but, you know, we can't say that that's positive yet. So, you look at that division, and you have Drew Brees, you have Tom Brady, and you have Matt Ryan. 
the Panthers are kind of the odd ones out in terms of quarterback talent there. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's not bad, but just when you look at these other guys that are playing, you know, they're either former MVPs, Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl champs, you know, uh, top five, top 10 in all time lists. Like that's hard to compete with. And when you have a guy that, you know, has been almost had a season or a career ending injury and you brought him back in and, and the offense was running through a guy as uh, such a running back that didn't really play last last year, you know, you you this is the type of team that in order to to make it to the playoffs, you're gonna have to compete in a division that is high powered offense, and that all centers around a quarterback. So, I see why they're trying to make that move. If the Panthers give up enough, that may be an interesting landing mm-hmm. spot for Deshaun Watson. Because think about it, after this year. Um, you know, even Matt, we're hearing that Matt Ryan may not even be a sure thing for the Falcons either. They may look to yeah. move him um, and start from scratch with a rookie quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they have a new head coach, an offensive coordinator that was brought in um, from the Titans system. So he may look to bring in his own guy. And, you know, this guy may be mm-hmm. on the way out. And I'm sure he's done his homework. He learns his history. Like Matt, Matt Ryan's been there for a while and they just, you know, they won enough of the big games but didn't get it done in the Super Bowl. And re- as of recently, they're having trouble even getting there and getting to an 800 record. So maybe he's yeah. thinking in a, in a different direction. I can start with something new. And again, it's not new to him to completely, you know, erase someone from the game plan in general, like Marcus Mariota yeah. bringing a Ryan Tannehill and he makes it work. So we may see something like that happen. Say he goes to the Colts or something, boom, he's out of the uh, NFC, NFC South. Um, as for the Buccaneers, they go to the Super Bowl this year. If they lose, maybe it could discourage Tom Brady in the next year um, because he does have two. He has he does have two years on his mm-hmm. deal with some big money, and he may want to play till fifty, but they, that may not be in the realm of possibility. Um, I yeah. think it's forty five was his goal. I think fifty was like the absurd number everyone says because people yeah. think he could play till fifty. I think it's forty five. <laughs> um, he's currently forty three years old, so just think about it. If he doesn't make it next year, he can just grab his fifty million and, and go home. Or if he wants to play another year, he signs another one year deal. But either way, yeah. you bring Deshaun Watson in. Um, Drew Brees could be out. They don't know if they're going with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston wasn't good enough to start over Taysom Hill, who was mm-hmm. their human flex all year, and he started a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of questions. Uh, it went from a division that was probably one of the most entertaining in football because you didn't know if Drew Brees or Tom Brady were going to be the ones that made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Like those were the heavy contending favorites. Obviously mm-hmm. the Bucks turned it around towards the tail end of the postseason and the regular season after their bye week. Um, if Deshaun Watson gets in there, and again, it's it's a team that runs heavily on their running back that didn't ha- they didn't have all year. They kind of stay afloat with Teddy Bridgewater. They bring in like a Mike Davis. So everyone comes back in um, full strength, add a little bit to that defense, and they got some weapons on offense. Maybe, I don't know, they probably let Curtis Samuel go if you were to ask me. Mm-hmm. They still have Robbie Anderson. You got some guys to work with, and Deshaun Watson's pretty used to not working with a lot. Hmm. Um, so I would say that that would be a pretty interesting landing spot. I'm not sure what they'd give up, though. That's the thing. That's why the Jets are yeah. like the heavy front runners because it's like they have so much to give up that'll compensate for a once-in-a-generational type player. Uh, Panthers would be interesting, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And what were the other, Chicago, people are saying. I don't know if Chicago will have enough. Well, I mean, um, any team that really needs a quarterback, somehow their name is going to be thrown in there. Oh, 100%. Eventually. But from what but, I saw, it was like Chicago, Carolina, Jets, Miami. I didn't hear anything outside of that. People are saying the Rams should give it a look, like I mentioned before. Well, that's and, a whole different thing going on in, in there. And, how they <laughs> won't commit to Jared Goff. 
I oh yeah, that's crazy too. We'll talk about it after this, but yeah, that, that <laughs> slipped my mind for a second. It's crazy the stuff that's going on in LA. Built a new stadium, yeah. now it crumbles down. What a bad time to <laughs> for your franchise to fall apart, right? Yeah, honestly. Um, but what was I going to say before, Chris? I want you to enlighten me for one second. Again, I'm a Giants right. fan. We talk a lot about our teams on this podcast. We're okay with it. We're fans. That's what we do. Um, and as a Giants fan, I think, you know, we have a guy in Daniel Jones where we're not sure if he's the guy. We're talking yeah. about Eli Manning who's going into the facility, you know, having lunch with Daniel Jones, finding out what's wrong with him because I guess, you know, I guess he's, tr- <laughs> I guess he's trying to still be a mentor to him, but that's just showing that he's still kind of, you know, climbing through the rough a little bit to try to figure out oh, if he's yeah. the guy. This team has some decisions to make. And you hear that there is a generational type quarterback wanting to play in New York. One of the teams obviously needs it more, but the Giants, mm-hmm. they could have I was thinking today, I'm like, there's like five potential trade packages they could have. And again, I'm not a GM. So they could do yeah. some, you know, again, they're the ones that get the big bucks, so that's why they make the moves. But I was just thinking of trade packages today. I'm like, why wouldn't they why would they not take this? And obviously there's reasons behind why they wouldn't also, because there's better offers out there and there's better picks out there oh, to yeah. be had. But I was just like, uh, I was telling um, this other group chat I'm in um, that we only like strictly talk sports. I didn't hear much from that chat. But then I spoke to a different chat with my guys from college and just kind of threw the idea out there. Because I don't want to sound stupid, but I want you to hear this. And I was like, okay, so you give the Texans back a quarterback, Daniel Jones, maybe put that in a package. Um, You don't want to pay... Um, a Leonard, Leonard Williams, but you could, but if you do give him over to them, maybe it could be, um, I don't know if NFL does like sign in trades like crazy like that, but maybe he could be franchise tagged by the Texans. That's a possibility too. It gets the highest paid amount that the Giants may not want to pay. Throw in mm-hmm. like a Jerome Peppers who might be in every trade pack as the Giants ever offered to anyone if they're interested <laughs> in someone. Um, and like two firsts. And I'm sure the Texans might ask for a th- another first, but I think that might be too much to ask for. Say that's it though. So Daniel Jones, Leonard Williams, who had a phenomenal year. Um, I think the Texans right now, if they're going to start from scratch, find out if Daniel Jones can keep you afloat and then work from there and then find somebody else. But that's not too bad of a pickup because I would say he's better than Sam Darnold if they're looking towards the Jets. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just the draft capital that is the uh, the sexy part of being dealt over there. And then um, Jabril Peppers and two firsts. Would you say no to that if you if you know Dave Gettleman gave the Texans a call? No, I mean I think uh, I think personally for that for that team, obviously you need to fix up the defense. Jabril would make sense to bring them, you know, bring that piece over. Uh, there's also a lot of free agency. I also wouldn't be surprised if they would ask for somebody in that package, uh, maybe to replace one of those guys or one of those picks. Uh, maybe they were to ask for like Slayton or something in there just to have kind of that younger receiver that they're kind of lacking. That or like Sterling Shepard, you know, he would fit that yeah. system too. Bring Danny yeah. along with him. They know yeah. each other. Exactly. Um, and again, that's or, out of the realm of possibility. But at the same, I wanted to bring that up to you because it's like, is that like an intriguing thought to you? Because I'm sure the Texans are looking for three firsts. Because if oh, the Jets yeah. were able oh, to yeah. get three firsts for Jamal Adams, who didn't have the best year in the oh, world, yeah. um, they're looking for three. Or the Giants could trade away Engram and the draft pits uh, that the Texans could use him as a receiver. Honestly, go for it because um, I couldn't even name you their tight end at the moment. Oh, uh, Darren Fells. 
don't they have Fells and do they have Akins too? Is that the other guy? I think so. But I, I would take yeah. Evan Ingram over both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. if you run like a two tight end set type thing, I don't know what type of offense they run, but if you have both of them, it's like, all right, go for yeah. it. Yeah. And it kind of goes off of what you said about uh, Leonard Williams. It's like, I mean, they never said they didn't want to bring back Engram, but based on the fans' perspective, they don't want him back. So why not just get something out of it? So you would say yes to that type of deal? Probably. I mean, it's... The only thing, honestly, that I wouldn't like was the Leonard Williams. I know he did really well, but I just wouldn't... Like, I know he wants a big contract, and I wouldn't want to pay him. Yeah, but the think about this, too. The Texans' defense is desperate. For oh anything. yeah, they are. Oh, and if terrible. they and if you know if um their new head coach, um what is it David? I had it in front of me. I, thought, I don't want to miss it. David Cully. It was, I almost I said Cali. <laughs> yeah, David Cully. Yeah, he was the um, Ravens um, assistant head coach, passing game coordinator. So he didn't work. And <laughs> and I think he was like. Something else in the offense. He had like three different titles. So I'm like, oh, if, you, if, you, if you if he does put in a pretty solid. Um, coaching staff together, then we're talking of a potential that Leonard Williams could be the same as he was last year. And if I was them, yeah. I'd take the shot. You tag him. If he's not great, get rid of him. But, you know, it is a, a humongous trade. But I'm scared it might be one of those trades where, um, you know, they get fleeced, but it was for the reason being that we needed to get this trade done. Yeah, well, when you think about it, you look at both New York teams and the perfect trade packages – if you could just go back in time a year, a couple years, the Jets, if they just didn't get rid of, of Jamal, he obviously would have been in that. That is something that the Texans would have eaten up in a heartbeat to get the help on that defense. And if you look at the Giants, if they hadn't traded Odell, he definitely could have been in a trade package and there would have been you know, even more enticing. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah. If so, they had just kept those guys around, it could have been even more likely they landed this. That I think would be sneaky. The only reason my hope is up with it, and again, no one take me seriously on that because, again, I'm not a GM <laughs> and it may not happen ever. I just like entertaining it and just like, you know, when you go to bed at night, you're like, that'd be fire. You know, <laughs> like that's what you think of. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, but the thing is, like, there also weren't a team that was mentioned. And you know, the no. teams that are mentioned and are the front runners, it may not even happen oh, yeah. for those teams because people will waste days. Like, radio talk show hosts, like, new, like um, TV anchors, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, Skip Bayless, <laughs> uh, Shannon Sharp. They'll talk about it all day and make segments out of it and waste their time day and night talking about how this one team is going to offer this trade and then some other team sneaks in and does it and in my head i'm like if the giants weren't mentioned yet you don't know if they made a phone call you know you never know Who was on crack exactly (laughs) uh was on crack (laughs) if i had the soundboard ready i literally have it ready to go that sound (laughs) i could just already see it like and your first move as the texans coach is to trade deshaun watson who was all crack? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If I sit down for like twelve hours one day, I'll figure out how you could hear it. But I can only hear I can only hear the on my end, and um, obviously in the recording. So I got to figure that out eventually. That'd be funny. That'd that would be, be. That'd be funny. Um, but yeah, uh, where was I at? So that's Deshaun Watson. I feel as though the Jets may have the best chance. But then I heard Adam Schefter today. He was saying it's like don't hold your breath. And I'm like, what is happening? It's just, it's such a big question mark. I didn't. Th- if you were to ask me months ago if he was looking for a way out yeah, somehow, no. I would have never believed you. Long story short, no one knows. 
all the analysts and everybody, the insiders that are supposed to know, they don't have know. no clue. No idea. So, so they're just, they just need to put stories out there because everyone's wondering, but they don't know. They don't know. Nope. They don't know. Um, but Chris, um, you mentioned before, um, the stuff is crumbling over there in LA. Uh, yep. There's another quarterback that could potentially be moved after signing a massive contract. Um, so I, if they didn't like him, what I don't understand is like if you don't like him, why'd you sign him to that massive deal? I don't understand. It never. Made I don't sense know to why me. that's a new thing. Like everybody, like they just signed him. It seems like a lot of teams are doing this. I mean, you look at Wentz, you look at you look at him, you look at now Watson, you look at what was it? Wasn't it Kirk Cousins or something? There was talks about that happening. Well, the thing is with Kirk, um, his deals were more like three year, like three years, eighty. Oh, he got an extension, million. right? He did. He got two extensions. That's what it was. Okay, so like you have but all was these his first guys. contract, and then that extension that was really similar to the first contract. Yeah, but but like I'm saying, you you start to get some of these guys, and they start getting these huge deals, and obviously from a payroll standpoint. It gets to a point where if they're not performing, honestly, if you're making the money that they are, if you're not performing elite, I'd say elite, not even above average. You need to be elite to be making top dollars in the NFL, your position. You're not doing it. They're just going to move on from you because, you know, they figure, all right, they're not working for us. We're paying them. We could use this money to bring in other guys. And, you know, one of you could be five other guys with those, that money. So it's you don't you kind of lose your shot. I feel like once you get that money, because because they expect you to be that MVP caliber elite player if you're getting top five paid player in your position, and and then it's just quick to oh okay well you're not playing well, let's but, just try to I, get what we can get out of you. Well, it's worth it. Well, I think the frame of mind of the Rams was that a while back they were like this guy took us to a Super Bowl, we can make an appearance again, and yeah. they obviously always, they get close, but they're not as close as they were before. No. Um, not at all. And the team at the time was just like unstoppable. People couldn't take their eyes off that team whenever they're on the, the TV. Um, mm-hmm. But this time around, they fall short in the divisional round. Their quarterback has a thumb issue. They got to switch between him and Walford. Walford gets hurt. Jared Goff has to come in like what? What was it? Like a week off of having surgery on his hand to come in and start? Something like that, yeah. And looked okay. Um, yeah, it's just very strange what's going on with Jared Goff. I believe I, f- I feel like I believe or if there was a report I saw, I'm not sure. Um I can't really say if it's a 1000% true, but something's happening within LA where there might have been some sort of like verbal fight with some, either w- whether it was with Sean McVay or the GM, something had to go down where something flipped the switch as soon as the season ended where now they're they may be even looking to move them and they and McVeigh, even after that divisional round uh, mm. game, did not say if he was going to be the starting quarterback going into next year. And then I saw reports, yeah. too, that if Goff isn't moved by the time camp comes around, there's going to be a quarterback like battle for to see who's QB1. And I just thought it was such a strange flip from this team was in the Super Bowl, had everything in their, at their disposal to pro- dispose disposal sorry to try to win the super bowl and they have a potential to come back for the next three to five years with this coach who is a brainiac when it comes to football um a complete offensive guru that people were in in shock about to now the guy we were running this with and jared goff who we signed an extension with was like four years 127 million dollars may not Mm -hmm. be our guy next year 
And the whole yeah. plan and agenda for the Rams moving forward, going to be awkward. Going to be a, a little weird, and I don't know where they're heading towards. What's the plan for them? But um, I don't – I. I just know the GM and Sean McVay aren't big fans of Jared Goff at the moment, and he may not be a Ram next year. And I, if, if I were to put my money on it, I don't, I don't think he would because normally yeah. you don't really say who's going to be the starting quarterback next year. Obviously, you're going to be asked after a tough loss if you're unsure. And he was immediately like, yeah, I don't know if he's our starter. Mm-hmm. And it, you'd expect him to say, you know, Goff that young – getting an extension that he'd say he's our quarterback next year and you move on and no one has questions for the rest of the offseason yeah and he may not be there so i mean i think my all-time favorite story ever of sean mcveigh was recently when uh they had their bye week and it came out that his wife walked up to him and was like hey uh do you want to do something other than watch red zone all day he's like no i'm good <laughs> it was that I heard it like that way, and I heard it a different way. Where it was like, oh, "It's your it's your bye week. We can do whatever we want. I'll I'll just throw myself at you. What do you say?" And he's like, "How about I throw on some red, some red zone? That's what I want to do today." <laughs> it's it's funny because you know you think of it, it's like he's a head coach, and and they're just as into the, the sport, obviously, if not more than we are. But it's funny to watch that. You know, you see players on their bye weeks constantly tweeting out about the games and all that and red zone. And it's funny because you forget that they're regular people when they're not playing too. So it's funny. Yeah, but you know, McVeigh going home is explaining like plays that didn't work to his wife and stuff like that. And she's like, <laughs> he, yeah, he has, yeah, I get it. He, he, like that like that image that we love talking about from from uh, Always Sunny with the board in the back and all that. That's, that's, him that's when he definitely gets him. He yeah. goes home. Why doesn't it work? This this that's play him, action it's him and, and game this planning and after a loss and after a win. Um, but yeah, that, that's what's going on in LA. I don't even know where golf would be moved. I don't even know what kind of package you'd have. Who would want him? Who would take him? Who would take the chance on him? Who you want to bring in? That I don't have enough knowledge on or even have the brains to comprehend what yeah. to even do there because we're not talking about it to Sean Watson where you can get some capital out of him and yeah, actually find some sort of trade to get a guy. Um or get rid of one. Golf is like, who I don't even is know. just willing to not, take that shot? Denver? He's not Denver, bad. Denver will take a shot on anyone, I think. That's the only team but that they, comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, they've had like 20 quarterbacks in the last Oh, Detroit? Years. Detroit might do it. Yeah, but but the thing is, Golf is not bad. He's not bad. It's just he's not good enough to pay him what he's getting paid. No. That's the thing. If If he was not... If he was not getting paid as much as he was, if he was getting like mid... Even a little bit above average, you know. Maybe if he was getting like twenty something million a year instead of hitting almost forty, if he's getting like twenty two, twenty four. I think teams would be all over him if uh, if he was, you know, possibly. Oh, let's call. He might not be the new quarterback, but because of the cap hit, I think that's the biggest issue. He's not worth that money. You have like, uh, you know, you see a quarterback like Mahomes out there. You have like Watson. You have some of these other high end talents out there at quarterback. You see that money, and you hear that there's issues you'll take the cap hit. You say, I don't care. that That's a generational talent. I'm pulling him in. Uh, just not worth the payment to transition that contract for golf, in my opinion. So what, let's get into these games, shall we? Um, the NFC and uh, AFC Championship Games, Championship Weekend, happened a little bit ago. We're well into a week past 
or at least what is it? It was almost just this a week. almost a week. Yeah, Sunday, it, it yeah. feels so much almost. longer ago than it was. <laughs> I feel like it's like just knowing that there's no football on Sunday that it feels farther away than it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into it, shall we? So the first game um, was the NFC Championship game at three o'clock. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau in the cold, snow on the ground, but no snow on the field. You clearly saw it on like the outside there that they like shoveled it off. I was expecting full on snow, but this game ended thirty one to twenty six. Packers yep. come up short. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl for the first time in a very long time. Tom Brady will be going to his tenth Super Bowl, not Super Bowl wins. He won six out of those ten which is crazy enough yeah. to think about, but this will be his 10th Super Bowl appearance in only 21 years in the league. And like one or two of those years, I don't, I, he was hurt and probably didn't play. So it's even more absurd when you think about it too. And you do the full math there. Um, and we'll get into all that, but I want, let's, let's start about, let's talk about the game. So um, um, Tom Brady yeah. did not have the best game in the world. Three touchdowns, three picks, almost like oh. you're playing Madden. Um, Aaron Rodgers, when he has a turnover, it's like, I don't know where this is going to go. If he ends a game with like four touchdowns, you're like, all right, it's set. He's, it's a win. Three touchdowns, no, no interceptions. But when a turnover happens, um, you're kind of like the tides may shift here. You don't know where it's going to go from there. But um, main story is that, <laughs> that that Packer defense did not have enough to get it done. There's a lot of things wrong with this game. And honestly, I could pick a lot of places to start, but I don't want to get into deep where I don't, if I miss a point, I have to, you know, pull myself back all the way yeah. to find another spot. So where where do you want to start first? There's a lot to get to. Um, I'm just gonna go on a quick like minute rant because I'm just go angry, ahead. and I'm angry. I'm angry too because I'm watching this game, and the whole game letting them play. They're getting physical. Could have been flags earlier on in the game. All right, fine. You're going to let him play. You're going to let it. It's, a, it's playoff football. I get it. Then, to pretty much seal the game, I'm not denying it was a flag. It, it definitely was. Yeah, the shirt being pulled like 10 yards. Like yes. you literally saw the elastic on that yes. thing, his last string. That's a flag. But um, that, that is a flag. I know we're getting that, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go. But there was like completely not not the same type of calls they were giving it was not equal you went and the one interception by murphy bunting that ended up being pretty crucial because it stopped the packers from scoring and then the bucks ended up scoring again right before half you, you see him pull his shoulder pads and pull his jersey and jump in front of him could have been called and it didn't get called and then uh actually like a drive or two before the, this play that we were talking about Packers going down the field and uh, their defender, I think it was a third down. It was a crucial down. I know that. And uh, their guy gets pulled as he's trying to run across the field completely, you know, has his shoulder pads, pulls him like this. Let's go. No flag. And it's just, all right. And then they get to, to this play and it was not only was it a flag and it was just inconsistent. It was a very late flag. Very late. Yeah. Um, you can't go under you know, the vibe of the game being that we're going to let the players play. Up until a very crucial part of the game, it just can't happen. I feel like that's the MO of the NFL, if you were to ask me. Mm -hmm. um, 
not a good feeling there. But I will say this, and I know you're a little you're angry about it. I'm angry about it because it's like I think everyone. I told you, Chris, on the last podcast that the State Farm Bowl was too good to be true, and I, yeah. I, I just knew it. And I even bet on the Bucks after their first touchdown. I made an in-game bet. I'm like, this isn't going to end well for the yeah. Packers. I just had that feeling, and I know like. In my heart, I wanted Green Bay in the Super Bowl, but my brain was telling me that it's Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in an NFC playoff, NFC conference championship game on the big stage, and he's he's going to show you who Daddy is, and that's what happened. And um, and again, he didn't have the best game in the world, but you know we'll get into the field goal thing and like what what was going on in Matt LaFleur's head with that call but yeah, it's like you was... give the you give the ball back to Tom Brady with 2 minutes and 9 seconds left he's he's going to hold on to it until the very until the clock hits zero you will not get the ball back and i think that should have no. ran through his head and it didn't but um it, for the first 58 minutes you can't just let them play and then throw a flag in the no. last 10 minutes no, I don't know cannot. what it is with the NFL with that because I'd be sitting there with some family members with Becca and I'm like, they're, they're, I didn't see many flags. I didn't. There was, I remember them saying halfway through the third quarter, there were no flags. I remember them saying on broadcast, definitely through the first half, no flags. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure halfway around halfway through right around the halfway point of the third quarter is when the first flag came in. So you are correct with that. But Chris, going back to what you mentioned earlier, saying that you can't, you know, you call the flag there at one of the worst moments at the time. And then we talked, we talked about Tom Brady for a second, keeping the ball. Let's talk about this. How about the, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers? They had three interceptions. One of them yeah. earlier in the game. But when it mattered most, they got two interceptions. And I would see Aaron Rodgers on the sideline talking to his defense, and they'd even show it because you could read his lips, and they're talking about it on, on TV. I, I believe it was on Fox, so it was Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, and they were saying, he's like, let's yep. get a stop. Aaron Rodgers saying, let's get a stop. We need a stop. Well, they got you two interceptions, and both ended up in, th- in three and outs. Yep. So you could say whatever happened later in the game, field goal this, field, you know, field goal that, like that, that call was stupid, but they had their chances. They really did. This game oh, yeah. ended very, very close, and it could have went the Green Bay Packers' way if they got something done. And obviously, the Aaron Jones fumbles didn't look too great. The first one was recovered by Tanya, and the second one um, resulted in Aaron Jones being out for the rest of the game. I don't even think he would have been back in the game, regardless if he was injured or not. He had a chest injury. And after mm-hmm. you fumble, they're, they're going to go to Jamal Williams and be like, yeah, we'll run with him. He, we get the they've, same out of yeah, him that we get already. They've already been favoring him before that. And, and A.J. Dillon was like sneaking in with some carry, so it's like, we'll run with him. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's just, they had their opportunities, and th- that's where I'm going to stand on it. They really did. And I don't, you they, can, they, they can did. make all the excuses they want, but they had the ch- their chances, and they didn't take advantage. That's I mean, what I, that's honestly, what I, though, over the last, I know for sure the last three times the Packers have made it to, to the championship game, uh, can't speak earlier. I don't know the last time before 2016 that they made it to the championship game. Um, but 2016 when they played us, last year when they played the 49ers, and this year when they played the Bucks, they just don't show up. It, it's a completely different team. I mean, when they played us, yes, the Falcons had the number one offense. They were on a hot streak. 
Um, but again, even as a Falcons fan, watching that game, it's Aaron Rodgers. You're terrified. It's yeah. not, it doesn't matter what streak you're on, how good your record is, you're going against Aaron Rodgers. And they killed him. They blew him out. Same thing happened last year with the 49ers. They just destroyed him. This year, at least it was close, but it's like they can't get over that hump once they get to that NFC Championship game. And, and, that, and now it's two different coaches. Before it was is McCarthy against the Falcons in 2016, and they said, you know, he's not our guy. Maybe it's just his fault. He can't coach it. He can't coach up to the occasion. So then they move on. They get LaFleur. Two past years, 13-3 and three records. Can't get over that hump to get to the Super Bowl. Now it's like, well, what is it? He's the first coach in NFL history in his first two seasons as a, as a head coach um, to lose in the, uh, the conference championship games yeah. um, both years. First coach in NFL history. I mean, the only explanation that I have is that he, he's, he's on, he was on the Falcons staff with Shanahan and Dan Quinn in the Super Bowl. He's just cursed. I, he's part of the curse. I don't know. Well, I, I'm not going to just <laughs> let know. him slide with a curse. He did draft Jordan Love in the draft when he should have probably got another yeah. weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Regardless, they made it that far. But who knows if a Jerry Judy, a CeeDee Lamb, a Henry Ruggs could have put them over the top a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, they probably wouldn't be dropping that two-point conversion in the end zone. but That too? Because <laughs> imagine having the, those three guys I just named. Justin Jefferson, too, who had a phenomenal year. Imagine him on oh, the Packers yeah. as oh, well. Yeah. Him and Adams, that would have been, that been it. crazy. Yeah, Aaron so. Rodgers would have had like 50 touchdowns and like 6,000 yards. He would, yeah, <laughs> he would exactly. have just went off. Um, yeah, right, exactly. He should have broken that, those touchdowns, especially if uh, MVS could make catches. You know, this game where it counted, he, I'll t- tip my head off to him. He made the catches he, need, he needed to um, to help him out, but um, he probably would have broken the touchdown record. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or passing yards record even. if. Uh, oh, yeah. Would have had like sixty touchdowns if people actually caught the ball, but yeah. And anyway, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens next year. Um, I don't believe he's going anywhere, even though there's reports about it. There's people crying on like on like bar stool or fan- <laughs> did you see that this girl crying? Everyone's seen it. I got. I thought it was just me and like maybe a few others, but oh, I'm like, what God. am I watching right now? Did something happen? And she's just like, please don't be the last game in green and gold. And I'm like, just be shut up. You know what contracts are, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> no offense to the girl. I don't know what she works on for Barstool. I just know she's a fan of Green Bay. Maybe she covers Green Bay. But relax, please. Come on, uh, give us a break. He's he's he can play. He, he's kind of in the same realm of Tom Brady, where he can play a couple years. He's got time. Oh, he he has more than enough time. I don't see him being he's, anywhere but Green Bay. And if he does move somewhere, this may be the most wild offseason ever. I highly doubt oh, yeah. he leaves. He's and he's an angry Aaron Rodgers, which is even worse. Not only is he, he's Aaron Rodgers, like I said earlier, he's a scary, bad man all on his own. Yeah. Then you get him angry, forget it. Like that, He's just going to go out there, flick his wrist, launch the ball 50 yards, turn around, nose he threw the touchdown, and just walk to the sideline. Well, line. what happened this year? So it got him angry that Jordan Love was drafted. He didn't get a weapon in the first round that he was expecting. He probably told yeah. management, or maybe he didn't because there might be a lack of communication. That's a theory I have with the Packers. But let's assume yeah. that Aaron Rodgers asked for a wide receiver. They go ahead and draft Jordan Love, and that makes him angry. He dominates this year. He's going to be the MVP, no question oh, about it. For sure, yeah. And then towards the end of the season, going into the playoffs, guy's smiling at at, de- at defensive backs, yeah. just having fun with them. He's doing the like hand signals behind his back, changing the play with the running back. <laughs> He's going crazy. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a dangerous spot for Aaron Rodgers to be in. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he, um, I also think, too, like in the post game, everybody has to think about this for a second, right? If anyone's even played football, you know, or a, or a sport that requires 
a ton of like preseason prep going into mm-hmm. the season, knowing that all the preparation you had going into the year, you want to come out on top. And of we're talking about a Green Bay Packers team that gets bounced out early very, very frequently. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of years left. And you don't think he realized that when he was going up to, and, you know, he's, you know, he's talking on Zoom, not necessarily going up to the podium, but he's yeah. talking on Zoom. He just comes off a bad loss. He's going to be upset, obviously. Mm-hmm. But think about it for a second. Anyone that's played football or any other sport I mentioned before that is very taxing on your body because you got to work before the season starts. Aaron Rodgers is like, I got to do this all over again. And I'm, yeah. and I'm not getting any younger. And they're not helping him. And they're not helping me. So he's thinking in front of these the media on Zoom that I have to go, you know, when say if you're like 20-something and you haven't been in the league that long, you're like, I'll be in the gym tomorrow. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Or if you're like a J.J. Watt who like loves the craft of the game, he's going in the weight room the next day as soon as the season yeah. ends, preparing. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is like, I got to go in the weight room in two weeks and get back after it again to do this all over again, preseason, OTAs, film. Yeah meeting with the team to see what to do in the next draft. Maybe they listen to me. Maybe they listen to me. Maybe they don't. That's what's going through his head. I just don't think he's not going anywhere. And if he does, yeah, but I mean, I'll eat my words. I'll take it because that is ridiculous. This the NFL is practically in a, in, in a reality show at that point. If he's gone. Yeah. And I mean, it else. doesn't, it does not look good for Aaron Jones coming back. So that's another weapon. He's I don't think lose. he's coming back. I don't think he's coming back. That's another weapon. He's losing. So it's just like, if they need to give him something because he's losing and losing and losing these weapons and they're not replenishing. They're not helping. I mean, props to them, I guess. You know, they did beef up their defense, which was a problem earlier in the couple of years before. And uh, I guess, like you mentioned, you know, they showed up when they had to and it was the offense, ironically, that didn't show up when they needed to. But, I mean, are we really surprised? Like we said, they didn't try to get him any help. They didn't try to beef it up. So, it's kind of fitting that the way that they went out was because their offense wasn't able to produce because there was no help. So it, it was it was kind of inevitable at that point. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about Kevin King for a second. Guy can't cover anything. <laughs> so um just not a good look overall for Kevin King. Just could not could not even cover Scotty Miller um with 2 seconds left in the half. He scores a touchdown. You froze for a second. I got nervous. I'm like, "Oh no." He's gone. Yeah, I don't know what happened yet. <laughs> Did you hear anything I said? <laughs> no, I heard two seconds left. Okay, 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 okay. Let me start from the top. So I said, um, Kevin King, not a good game for him. Um, might want to oh, throw, might want to throw that tape right in the garbage um, as soon as you're able to watch it, or terrible if the team wants game. to watch it, maybe just have terrible. a blindfold on, don't watch. Um, yeah, terrible game overall for him. And with two, and I mentioned with two seconds, you can't even cover anyone. You can cover Scotty Miller. Like the fourth, fifth option on that team, that regardless if they had, a, 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 regardless if they had AB or not, he's like the later option. He, it was fun in games later earlier in the season where it's like, how oh, Tom Brady finds his little diamond in the rough that he's able to, to, to groom and make into something. But yeah, he's but like, like, I'll go out and get AB, and so he kind of gets cast out a little bit. Two seconds left before halftime. and Kevin King can't even find a way to cover Scotty Miller. Yeah, and they showed it. He's playing short i was like what are you doing he wasn't like he wasn't backpedaling waiting for the break he wasn't trying to keep him short he was just like oh he's just gonna run out of bounds what like he was literally he had his body direction for him to go out of bounds he was slowly backpedaling and then by the time scotty miller just took off he was like oh crap and it was too late he was already behind the defense yeah and 
there's a bunch of pictures online of him involved in all the touchdowns somehow, some way. Like the Leonard Fournette <laughs> died, like flying into the into the end zone where once yeah. he loses like four yards and somehow makes it twenty yards into the end zone. He was involved in that yep. play, couldn't get him down. Even though I don't think it was hundred percent his fault. You can't allow a four yard no, loss turn into that. That wasn't all his fault. <laughs> but it was just it's just the pictures of him underneath everyone in the end zone after scoring it. <laughs> um but yeah, just not a great game by him. That's something people no. got to keep in mind too. And that defense was never good all year. They got ran on all regular season, and then come playoff time, they couldn't. They, their defensive backs are just just not a good look. And you you thought like a year ago that Green Bay finally got a defense. Like the help that they were getting, Aaron Rodgers was a defense, so they yeah. can get stops and he can take a, he can take care of business. Um, they have an okay like pass rush, but I'm not really a fan. Of what's going on on they that defense? They beefed up they, their linebackers. That, that's that's, that's about it. Yeah, Jair Alexander's a stud. I can't leave He's him out. He's amazing. I'm not saying every DB is bad, but I don't like you know guys like Kevin King. He's the one that's ruined in the game, not Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander. No, uh, he's can, he's he get us all on lock. He's not allowing anyone yeah, to score anything. He's the reason Kevin King is getting all those looks and getting destroyed because they were not throwing his way. Right. So, um, their D line is. One of the better ones in the league, I would say. Zadarius Smith getting sacks every other game, showing what's under like his undershirt. It's like you know, you, you just know who the studs are and who aren't. And yeah. Kevin King was not one of them. Um, so getting that out of the way, that was the major. That's where Tom Brady was looking all game on that side. Um, here's the big one. Here's the big part of the game here, and this is again, this is on Tampa. This is on a Green Bay side. We'll get to Tampa in a minute and make it all come together. But here's the here's the later part of the game. Um, they're on like what the eight yard line, maybe a little farther back. Green Bay, um, in, in, there, a, yeah. in a close game where if they score and try to get two, I think they would be down like one or something like that. They would still be down because they didn't get that earlier I'm, two point I'm conversion. I'm sure they would have tied it. They would have tied it. Okay, yeah. I, I was think they were sure. down by eight. Yeah, down by eight. So they would have gone for the two point, tied the game, um, and you know it gets to third down, and Aaron Rodgers. Has he falls into the pocket? There's like open field right next to him. You could see the end zone, and even if it comes close, he dives in. We know Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. has wheels; he could have made it in. I feel like that's also not talked about enough. But he decides to throw it. Comes to fourth down. Here's the part where everyone is talking about the decision making of Green Bay is where Matt Lafleur took brought analytics into the NFL and was like, "I'm going to kick the field goal." And his reason behind that, because he said it after the game ended, was it was two minutes and nine seconds. If we kick it, cut the lead short and cut the lead by a little bit. We have basically have four timeouts. We're going to try to get a stop with your defense that couldn't stop Tampa. All game long, you thought you were going to get a stop with that defense. With Tom Brady mm-hmm. getting the ball back, who's not going to give it back to you? They thought with the extra two-minute warning, he thought he he thought that, oh, I have four timeouts, basically. We can get it back with a minute left with one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. On our side, that being Aaron Rodgers. Didn't happen. And then that's when the no. holding call came in that we talked about before. They keep getting first downs. Game over. Um, yep. And nobody's even talking about the slide from Tampa when they got the ball back after that field goal. It was like, what, what was happening there? But they <laughs> held it down, and uh, you could just, you know, sweep that under the rug and forget about it. Um, but yeah, that I <sighs> keep analytics out of the NFL, please. This is the one sport where it's like head coaches really got to know what they're doing. They got to coach up a full team. It's not individual. 
you know, it's not an individual game like basketball. You got multiple superstars. They try to team up with one another and make it work, and they get paid millions and millions of dollars. This this football game, yeah. you know, that once you switch to a different head coach, you could tell that it's a, it's a coach's league because when they get better, yeah. they go from really crappy one year to the next and bringing in a new head coach and a new regime, and it flips around. That's how you know. That's why they're getting better because they got the right people coaching. Um, keep analytics out, man. Like that, he yeah. clearly, clearly with Aaron Rodgers, you got to go for it on that down. Even if it yeah. means you don't, maybe if they ended up losing anyway, going for it, you gave your team that confidence to score, and that at least gives them hope. And you got to motivate them and motivate that defense to try to go get a stop again and hopefully try to win the game. Give your give your team a chance. It's a coaches, yeah. it's a coaches league. Coaches have to know what they're doing. They have to take into account, you know. You know, offense, the defense, but also the emotions of the players. Mm-hmm. A coach is someone who has to coach up a team. You know, like give them the motivation they need to go out there and try to win. That's number one. And then, you know, everything all comes together by the time game day begins. But that would have been, that's probably rule number one in the coaching handbook. It's like, give your team the confidence to win. That would have been it right there. If you just went forward on fourth down. Just at least, oh, that, at least yeah. give him a shot. Give Aaron Rodgers a shot. And he didn't do that. And, and, you know, I think there are teams out there that are in that similar situation or the exact same one, and they, they don't have an Aaron Rodgers. They'll go for it. Yeah. You, you have Aaron Rodgers. Doug Peterson Rogers. would go for it. Of course. And, <laughs> and that's the thing. And, and Matt going Rule back, would go for yeah, it. And, and going back to what you were saying earlier with the communication, you don't think there's great communication. No, not at all. I, think I don't none. think there was communication between LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers because I said this to you after the game. I think if Rodgers knew if they didn't get a touchdown, they were going to kick a field goal, he would have taken off and he would have gone for the touchdown. Yeah. He would not have tried to force it into double coverage in the middle of the field. I think he saw the opening, and at that point, if you're going to kick the field goal, why not just go for the touchdown? You're, you're eight yards out. You have an opening. Just go for it. I mean, it's the playoffs. Well, supposedly, you, you go for it. supposedly, and again, Matt LaFleur, you're playing for the touchdown there. Obviously, he was. As a head coach, you obviously need to get a touchdown there. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But he didn't know that if when push came to shove, he, Aaron Rodgers didn't know that the play was going to be a field goal. He didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if, if he just knew that, I think he would have taken off and, and not settled to – Go, to go on that fourth down and, and throw that ball instead of run. I think he's running But it. you're Aaron Rodgers. You've been on that team for a decade plus. This coach has been here for two years. You can't go up to him and be like, hey, no, take Mason Crosby off the field right now and that field goal unit. We're going for it. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you're going to fire me tomorrow. This is, this is Aaron Rodgers' team. And, he, know. and he, you know that you know he's more of a chill guy. He's not much of like an enforcer. But like, like from the just from, like I know he motivates that locker room, and I know he's the leader mm-hmm. of that team. You know that, like deep down in your heart. But if you really are, that should have been the moment where it really came out into like where everyone could see it. That yeah. you're not, you're not taking that. You're just not going to be stepped on or pushed aside. You yeah, have I to mean, tell your coach, "We're going for it here. This is my team. We have a chance yeah, here." Yeah, but I mean, I guess that's. That's what it seemed like was happening when, when McCarthy was around. It seemed like he was kind of running the show, and then towards the end, McCarthy tried to kind of pull it back, and that was not flying. No, and they and ran now, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, and now you have LaFleur, who 
clearly has been doing something right. Cause like you said, in the last two years, great records, making it almost to the Super Bowl in back to back years, he's clearly doing something right. But I think other than it just being a brutal loss, I think this was more of like a shot at Rogers. Cause it's saying, Hey, they thought that they had a better shot on their defense than they did with the ball in your hands. Yep. Um, and again, it go it all goes back to this, and I'll wrap it up with this because we got to talk about Tampa Bay too because they're actually going to the Super Bowl. But obviously, mm-hmm. you talk about the team that loses because they had the most hype, and they're also the favorites by what? Like not that much. Not much. They were both pretty close. Right. Into the both games were not far off. But either way, Tampa was not the favorite. So no. and also also because they're at Lambeau, and you know. So that's Lambo in in the middle of the in winter the middle, in freezing cold, but I just don't think there's enough communication with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, and I'll say that to the very end, and I think that's the problem that's going on with this organization, and it starts with that. You really need really good communi- you you need communication in order to win yeah. games, in order to interact with someone, right? It goes to as simple as that. Yep. What Aaron Rodgers has to do this off season, if he's not going to be moved, which I doubt he is, um, but you never know, like I mentioned before. But he, if if the if he is staying, he's got to go up. He's got to shut the door, lock it with all the GMs and the owners. And the, no, I say all the GMs as if there's like a ton of them. No, there's one GM, <laughs> head coaches, um, head coaches. There's one head coach, head coach, uh, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, anyone, everyone. You have to talk to on a daily basis, who you see on a daily basis that's running things, um, or at least has a dip in how to run things. Here's my point. Shut the door, sit them all down, hands on the table, look at them in the eye. Matt LaFleur, the GM, the owner. You guys are going to give me a wide receiver next year? I'm out. You're going to give me this. You're going to give me that. Here's a list of my demands. Take it. Get it done. If they don't, you can't trust them and maybe go somewhere else. But you better demand this offseason for the things you want. Start that communication there. And I know Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show was like, yeah, we'll have those conversations. I'm like, apparently not. Why did they draft Jordan Love? You didn't ask for him. They're clearly not. Yeah, he definitely didn't. Either you talked to them and they weren't listening and they didn't care what you had to say. Or um, you're not talking to them at all and they decided to go with what they thought was the better draft pick. Something's yeah. going on there. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers for one second that he told he told them the needs and wants, and they showed up in the first round with that type of pick. Yeah, I just no. don't. I just don't find that believable. And um, regardless of his great year, he's got to go into that front office and tell every single person in that facility, "Give me this, give me that," and we'll go from there, and we'll make it farther than we did the past two years. I promise, we'll get back to another <laughs> Super Bowl. I really thought when you said get everybody down, sit at the table, I thought you were going to say he was going to go, look at me. I'm the captain now. Well, he's he's got to be. He is. <laughs> I'm the captain he's now. He's been there longest. You know, senior. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's won a Super Bowl. He knows what it takes to win. Exactly. And it's almost he, like the, if you really if you watch this game not knowing who Aaron Rodgers was, you're just like, oh, I guess he's never been to like a Super Bowl before yeah. because they couldn't get it done. I'm like, no, he's won one like a decade yeah. ago. But it yeah, almost seems had, like I was saying to Becca, I'm like, I don't know if it it, it feels as though that never happened because it was so long ago. It was. It was a very long time ago. And and that was uh see, this is the last thing I'll say on him. Yeah. He is one of, if not the only people that after getting passed on in the draft and said, You will be sorry, 
it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Most people say that and it, then they're it, not it in the league happen. a year or two later. So. Yeah. <laughs> he did so it twice me, in his career. Once when he, yeah. once when the 49ers didn't take him and he won a Super Bowl and he's yeah. top three quarterback in the league. Um, and then when his own team decided to draft a quarterback um, <laughs> to, to take the reins of Aaron Rodgers whenever he's done, yeah. when he just signed a six-year contract and said, hold my beer, I'm winning an MVP, possibly going to the Super Bowl, came very close. And that is that is how you know from the start he's a savage. Yep, and Jordan Love didn't even wear pads like all year. Now, he, 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 was a, he, he was a healthy he scratch because they had Boyle. What was Boyle as their backup? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so that's that. Um, anyway, let's get to Tampa. Again, there's not a lot to say there either. They just got the job done. Packers had some weird yeah. decisions made there. Tom Brady did not have a good game. We mentioned that before. Playoff Lenny is still in the, you know, is still there. Um, getting touchdowns, flying into the end zone after like a four-yard loss. Um, yeah. Tom Brady was just letting him fly, first and foremost. I think he was like, yeah. screw this. If it's intercepted, it's a punt. Um <laughs> yeah. but he just went deep so many times and then somehow Chris Godwin would come up with it he got some like lucky catches too oh yeah those, those that were crazy good. catch by uh, Chris Godwin also um, Mike Evans gets a touchdown he was wide open in the end zone to get another Kevin King Kevin, <laughs> Kevin King coverage there Scotty Miller Kevin King touchdown um, <laughs> <laughs> just you know yeah uh, they just get it done and that defense was pressuring Tom Brady and I told you, Chris, on the last on the last show, right before when we were previewing um, uh, the the championship uh, the championship games, that I was never a fan of their secondary. And again, they'll do yeah. enough to get it done. Like they're just they're good they're good enough to get a turnover, which they got. But what I'm in love with is their defensive line. Yeah, because they get pressure on the quarterback, and they have been for the past three years. It's just all coming together where they're finally in a position to be in the playoffs, and they're showing the type of skill that they have on that front line. And shout out JPP because I miss that dude, and he's still balling like crazy. There, Shaquille yeah. Barrett is getting pressure; he's getting sacks left and right. Yeah, um, just absolute dominance. Pressure pressuring yeah. Aaron Rodgers like that, seeing him get sacked the way he did. Um, Hats off to that defense, dude. Absolutely insane. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. The Domigan Sioux still getting it done in the league, too. They got some old heads on that defensive line, man. I thought JPP would have been done after like one or two years with Tampa, but he's he's still making some big plays. All right, last thing I'll say, because I know I said I didn't want to talk about it because I'm angry about it. If we're going to talk about the defense, you you can't not talk about Devin White. (sighs) I love Devin White. He was doing well all season. I thought he was going to fall to the Giants in that draft. He was taken at five. Daniel Jones goes at six. Oh, man. Well, the Giants are lucky their defense somehow was good this year because I would have been pissed looking at that. He's been so good. Devin White, fantastic. So, yeah. Yep. Let's go to the AFC. Yeah, but why do you hate it again? Why do I hate what? Why do you hate? Why do you hate to talk about Devin White? You said I hate to bring. No, like, I hate no, to, talk, I hate about to it. talk about the Bucks and Tom Brady winning. That's uh, what I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about that anymore. But again, <laughs> overall, I don't want to talk it's, about it's, it. It's it's Tom Brady and people. People were like, him. I want to see, I want to see Aaron Rodgers and yeah, this team go to the Super Bowl, but it's Tom Brady, it's, and he's coaching the Buccaneers as opposed to the other side where Aaron Rodgers doesn't know if he should just 
you know, take a back seat or if he should be the coach. One side, you got a quarterback who knows I could coach this team and Aaron Arians could take a back seat. Even though yeah, but, but to be fair, you, they're very different in terms of coaches. You have yeah, Arians yeah. who came back out of retirement is just like, hey, let's just, let's just coach. And I like, now you I like Jameis, and then he yeah. quickly didn't like Jameis. <laughs> and then you have LaFleur, who is brand new to coaching, and is like, no, 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 no. I'm starting my legacy. This is how I want it. I'm not letting you run the show. It's my show. I, I got the head coaching job, and I'm not losing it. So I don't think – yeah, they, did, they didn't get along that first year, and they finally put it together. No, they I did guess not. this is it, but no, they're just not skilled You're enough just- defensively, <laughs> and the decision-making, no bueno. That's the summary. <laughs> You're, uh, You're too late, LaFleur. Too late, too late. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to the radio to, uh, the other day. Um, it was actually after um, the Monday after this game, and the, <laughs> and it was obviously New York radio, so they were talking about the Jets, and they were saying how, man, today's a sad day. Uh, the Jets are going to have to fire Michael Fleur. Um, listen, uh, blood, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, in the, in a sense that you know, blood runs very close to one another. So they think that the decision-making by Mike LaFleur is going to be the same as Matt LaFleur. They're like, they're going to have to fire Mike LaFleur. I'm sorry. I know he hasn't called the game yet. He hasn't even started yet. Nope. Um, get rid of him because he's going to do the same exact thing. And uh, no, it's ridiculous to think about that, too. But they were mentioning some good points. They were like but the, the Ryan brothers, right? Um, yeah. The Harbaugh's. So, you know, they bring up well, some good uh, points. But I don't know. What's it called? We well, haven't what, seen was interesting, what was interesting was when uh, – when Shanahan came in as a head coach, he said, like, yeah, no, no one, not allowing people to leave. And now everybody's leaving. Yeah, it was crazy that he was say- – yeah, I, I totally forgot about that, that um, uh, Kyle Shanahan was like, listen, I know Rob Sala's going to get a job, um, but he's not allowed to take anyone with him. He took everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they were like, you get a promotion, you get a promotion, you get a promotion. <laughs> Obviously, and I mean, he's probably going to take. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he takes Sherman with him. Oh yeah, sure. Sherman. Sherman. That. Sherman's like, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If it was. Him. It was to the point where like people were asking, like, "How do you feel about him?" And he like loved him. And then when people were like, "All right, thanks, uh, Richard Sherman," uh, and then he was like, "Wait, wait, wait. He's really good. No, like, he, like he's so good." And he's like, "All right, we get it. No, no, no. He's great. He's one of the. Be- you have a good one, New York. You have a great one. All right, thanks. Um, no, no. He's really, really good." <laughs> I'm like, all right, we get it. We get it. He's really good. Oh, man. All right, so last game we're going to talk about, obviously, the primetime game. Patrick Mahomes, clears concussion protocol, all good to go. Has turf toe, wears a fancy insole in his cleat. Looked like he didn't even have turf toe. They weren't going to play this game without Patrick Mahomes. Didn't seem like he had a concussion. Again, I think he got like choked out. I guess that's what people were saying. I never saw the play. I just know he was having trouble standing up, which made me assume that like that's got to be a concussion. They were saying it was more like whiplash. Like his head whipped forward and it like slightly hit the ground. But they're saying it was more so from something similar to whiplash. It wasn't necessarily a blow to the head. So let's start from the top in this game. But um, the final score ended up being thirty-eight to twenty-four. Kansas City Chiefs, AFC champions once again. Super Bowl. They're going to defend um, their Super Bowl championship and hopefully win another one in the Chiefs dynasty that they hope to be. Um, and not to tip my hand, but I am kind of leaning towards uh, Kansas City for a majority yep. of reasons. But we got a preview show next week, and we'll get to it. Um, yep. But yeah, starting from the top, the Bills come out hot. They start off uh, nine to zero with the McCole Hardman fumble on the kickoff. Um, he gets discouraged, and what do the Chiefs do? They start feeding McCole Hardman. They don't let him get it dis- get discouraged, and 
people forget. And again, we forgot too. We're like, oh, Bills Mafia, this and that. And I even put money down on like the Bills for a second just because it's like you see the plus sign and you're like, I'm going to win double this money. And you're all in on Bills Mafia. But they're very young. And Mm -hmm. the Chiefs have been there so many times. And they know exactly what they're doing. They've come back from a 24-0 deficit last year. Last year, yeah. And everything's changed for the better right after that. They've been dominant. I think Patrick Mahomes has only lost like one game over the past, like since last year. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. again, we forget. We fall in love with with the Bills for like a quick second, and the matchup that we're hopefully to get Green Bay in Buffalo. It's not going to happen because guess who shows up? Just like Tom Brady on the other and on the other side in the in the other conference, Daddy, yeah. Daddy shows up. That's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. That tag team, you, you can't. You can't for, you can't forget who they are. People are going to learn one day, and I think we got to learn that. And that's why going to the Super Bowl, we really can't lean towards the other side. But you know, we got a whole conversation about that. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he looked great. Three touchdowns, just just dominance, man. Tyreek Hill, no one can cover him. You've you've been in love no. with Tyreek Hill for years now, even even before he like as he was transitioning from punt returner to wide receiver you were in love with him because he had because oh, uh, yeah because on in fantasy i remember you picking him up and this is when nobody knew who this guy was but you started <laughs> to kind of figure out who tyree kill was because what did he have in four games he had like four like punt returns yep for touchdowns or something like that and you're yeah, like so, oh and he does play wide receiver a little bit oh yeah. i could get a ton of points with this guy yeah so you. so yeah i would put him in and i'd start him in my flex and i'd start kansas city's defense and i'd get double points for touchdowns yeah so that's what I would do. Yeah, man. You, you have like faith in, in these players that's, that find their way out of the gutter somehow, you know. And again, I know. I, I, I get Derrick him Henry and like the type, but like Derrick Henry was always like, we always knew he was good. It was just waiting for a yeah. shot. And, and you finally waited for him to get it and you knew it was coming. It was and then worth Tyree the <laughs> You're one of the only people I knew that like knew Tyree Kill was on like the come up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, dude, he's just unstoppable. Nine receptions, 172 yards. Just. He's wait. Have you ever seen a guy like so fast that he just like slips through people? Like no one can just touch him. He makes it look so simple. He when he jogs, that's probably my sprint. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's how fast he is. He'll just be going, and then he's just like slows down. Like that play where he went, he caught the ball, went across the field, went back, went forward. It was just like people had no idea where he was. They they couldn't keep up with him, and it's just like. He, I think the run itself, in terms of yardage from you know point A to point B, just moving forward down the field, I think they said it was like a 70-yard play. He probably ran like 120, 130 yards on that because he was going yeah. back and forth too. Yeah. And he was gassed. You saw him on the sideline. like He was dead. Because yeah. this man just sprinted like 20 miles an hour for like 120, 130 yards. <laughs> it's insane. But overall, have you ever seen a better team that's like when the momentum doesn't go in their direction? A lot of teams get discouraged and just can't bounce back from that. The Chiefs did it within a quarter. Like with, yeah. like like nine zero by the end of the first, and you're like, what's going on with the Chiefs? They come back with twenty one points, and the Bills yeah. only answered back with three. And then yeah. it was just right after that, it was complete domination. I don't know how else to describe it. That's the word I get yeah. to, and that that's literally what it was. And then you're like, yeah. yep, it's it's the Chiefs. It's, we know. Uh, it yeah, I was just gonna say that's what it is. It's it's. Even though you, they, they'll say like in 10 out of 10 times, the Bills will say, yeah, no, we went out there thinking we were going to win. You know, we had all the confidence. We weren't, you know, we, they're just another team. In your head, you have a lead on a team like that, and your automatic thought is, 
well, they're going to start to come back, or Patrick Mahomes is now going onto the field, that lead is not safe. You automatically think that. And then you start to kind of adjust and, and you play outside of your element, outside of what you're supposed to be doing, and then that's when mistakes happen and, and that's how they come back. So the moment was just too big for the Bills. They're very young. They're going to be back. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, if Deshaun Watson makes his appearance on the Jets, you know, maybe they won't surpass the Bills. I feel like the Bills is like – because they're keeping their offensive coordinator, Dable, so expect another yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. That was surprising. That, that, that's huge. That's huge for them, so they'll keep him. Um, yeah, Bills will be back. If I were to put my money down, I think they, they're going to run this division for at least a little while until some team somehow yeah. bounces back and makes a big move, that being the Jets or if the Patriots, if they have something up their sleeve, because we know we always do, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But Bills have been great this year. And again, the moment was just too big. Um, and then when times were when it was around the time where they really needed to score points, it didn't happen because Josh Allen just doesn't want to get rid of the ball. He doesn't throw it out of bounds. It's like he's trying to play Madden too. You just run back like twenty yards. Hopefully, you can get around yeah. someone and press B, and he's somehow open on like a comeback. He's like, that's it's just not going to work. And he thinks he's so he's so big and strong, which he is, he is but too much guy, to yeah. the point where he'll have someone hanging on his leg. As long as he can or on his arm. That happened too in that game when someone held onto his arm for like 15 yards. Ended up being yeah. a sack. It's just you got to you gotta keep your offense in a better position. And holding onto the ball that long as a passer and trying to make a play out of it. We know you're a playmaker, dude. But we'd love it to stay third and 10. Not third and not, <laughs> you know, not, not fourth and 40. Yeah. And we got to punt it, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, the good thing is, is like you said, you know, they'll, they'll be back. And with Josh Allen, there has been progress, you know, over there. There were the, the growing pains at the beginning and then they make the playoffs. And then it's like, all right, you could tell they weren't ready for the playoffs. You know, he played great in the regular season, but it just wasn't, you know, playoffs are a different animal. He gets that experience, learns from it, comes back this year, makes it almost to the Super Bowl. You see the progress. You see the progression going through his yeah. career. And he's going in the right direction. So that's, that's the good news. Even if you want to pull good news out of this, out of this game, it's that they're going in the right direction. They're, they're definitely, in the foreseeable future, could be in a Super Bowl. They definitely could. And, and Josh Allen is developing well, and the defense is playing well, and they're getting weapons. They bring in Diggs. They have Cole Beasley. You, know, you have Singletary and Moss and, and some of these other guys on offense that are coming in to help out, and, and you can only grow from there. Yeah, um, they got to find so a running game though. They have none. That's that's and that's the problem. They they go through two or three different guys and they don't know who. The, they just give it to the hot hand. Yeah, they Zach really Moss was hurt. Guy. They got to bring up a TJ Yeldon. Have you haven't heard that name since he was on the Jags? Isaiah yeah. McKenzie. Um, and you have to leave the reins to, to Devin Singletary, and then Josh Allen ends up with more carries than him and more yardage. So that that, that can't be yeah. the mo. They got to get a running game. They got some holes no. to fill, obviously. But when they get that fixed. They should be good to go. Expect them to have a scary, scary comeback. Mm-hmm. Cole Beasley's hurt. Who knows when he'll be back? He'll, it's a long off season, but he had like he had a broken fibula. He said he wasn't going to miss the game. Broken he leg. Stephon Diggs, you feel bad for because he had such a phenomenal year. He was covered all game. They, what he had like eighteen targets by the end of the game. Yeah, Only he didn't have a great six. first half, and then he started to pick it up towards the end of the game. He's great. What a great pickup by them, and. He was standing at the end of the game watching the ceremony. Yeah. Um, that was sad to see, too. You know he that wants to win. Think, if you're in the head of Stefan Diggs, think about this for a second. I was involved in the Minnesota Miracle. That and then 
Vikings make it again to the playoffs and again to the playoffs. We get bounced in the first round or second round. You have us thinking that we're going to get to the Super Bowl this year, and it just doesn't happen. And you go to the Bills where, oh, wait, I'm not just in Buffalo. This is a legit team. We could make it. Mm -hmm. And he gets this far again and loses. And he knows next year he's going to have to put in some extra work, and if this is another matchup we're going to have to see in the playoffs again – it's going to be tough. This is a dynasty in Kansas City. You got to get past them if you want to get to a Super yeah. Bowl. Um, yeah, man, I feel for Stephon Diggs, man. You make it that far, you put in all that you have to get there, and you just don't. And he's still young. He's got yeah. a ways to go. It's, I mean, it's one of those things that he comes back next year and, and balls out, and, and if they make it to the Super Bowl, they'll come back to that picture and say, you know, this is what, this is where it started. Yeah. He watched them celebrate, and then that's kind of what, you know, similar to the Aaron Rodgers situation where we said, you know, he just needed that, that extra kick, that, that something else to get him going. This, this could have been it for Stefan Diggs. He could have said, you know, we were right there watching them celebrate. I want this to be us next year, and he's going to do, you know, obviously they go out and give 100%, but he's going to go above and beyond just to make sure they get there. Now, speaking of uh, running games, obviously Bills need to fix that, find out who the alpha is going to be, and if they find if they find someone who is phenomenal on RB one that people are drafting fantasy like second overall, expect them to be very very dangerous. It opens things yeah. up for Josh Allen; he doesn't have to run the ball as much, and when he does, you have to trust in his arm because he has a hose, and oh, yeah. also you gotta you gotta um, honor his legs too. He could run; he can make it work. It'll open yeah, things there, up. If they get that th- run game, it'll open things up. It really will. There was yeah, there was a throw where he was like on his back foot falling. Yeah. And it went like fifty yards. Yeah. It's like the guy was almost on the ground and he threw a fifty yards. It's like, geez. They'll figure that out. They know their needs. But yeah, speaking yeah. of running games for the Chiefs, what's scary is they don't have a run game. They don't No, they don't. And out of <laughs> all the running backs that they had, going into the year, like we got a rookie running back in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, he doesn't. And they pro- get Bell. They get Bell, and <laughs> he didn't even play in this game. Nope. Um, didn't get a look at all. Uh, and they give the reins back to Daryl Williams, who's been there for the longest, and he's getting the majority of carries. Yeah. And you, I just like when he runs the ball because when he runs it, you know he's getting immediately like four or five yards. Yeah. For he averaged four reason, yards per carry in this game, yeah. but he somehow gets it. And even on that play with Chad Henney, I'm like, oh, I see Daryl Williams in the backfield. He's motioning. I guess he's going to go and get them that first down. And then it was the Tyree kill pass. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, you can definitely see why they're doing that. But I feel like Andy Reid kind of switches things up when it comes to the playoffs. Like Clyde has had an injury, obviously. To. But you bring in like Le'Veon Bell on a one-year deal, which is like a low-risk, high-reward type scenario. And you'd think that he's a guy you want to look to to get a lot of carries and help Patrick Mahomes out. But nope, they go right back to Darrell Williams, the guy who's been in their system for a while, and mm-hmm. they run with him. I got to respect that too. And let's not forget the stud Travis Kelsey is. This guy can block. guy can beat you on routes. And I was talking to my friends about this too. I think he doesn't even – I think he knows when he's setting up for a play. He knows the playbook inside and out for the tight end routes. Mm-hmm. I doubt he even – sometimes he may not even run those routes because he knows that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to run out of the pocket to the right. And he's gonna have to catch it over there. So what's the point of even running yeah. routes when you know your your quarterback is gonna like literally disobey the whole play in general and make his own? But 13 receptions, 118 yards, two touchdowns. I would even put money down that he gets two touchdowns, um, come the Super Bowl, because 
guy's just a stud. There's nothing much else to say. And if it was just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey out there, I believe he could still get it done. You know, you had the McCole Hardman touchdown, but that was on like mm-hmm. the two yard line. And that was to get his motiva- motivation back, you know, that type of move there. Those are the guys getting you the points. Yeah. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes only ca- carried the ball five times, only got five yards. Still dominated. So when the Super Bowl comes, maybe he's a little more healthy. He says the turf toe is feeling okay, but again, that's that's football player speak. You know how tough they are. Yeah. And if it is better by then, and you see him running, um, expect another forty point, a forty point game by then, but in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting, though. Yeah. I know we're previewing it in another episode, but the yep. one thing I will say is just you know, really top offense with a pretty top tier defense it's going to be interesting something's got to give well again they're all the the, the, the bucks are also hurting their secondary a little bit they are but i i think uh, as long as it's not you know seizing season ending where they got hurt before i know season ending now is like a week but you know season ending before to where it was a very serious you know broken bone something like that well, Chris, i let think me they'll ask have you this. people out there last year when it was Chiefs Niners, and you saw that the Niners had the early lead at halftime, and you're just like, "That's a defense that could actually stop Patrick Mahomes, get some interceptions, maybe some, maybe some other turnover, right? Maybe make him fumble, even though that's a rarity. We can get, you can pick off this guy. We could stop him. And but coming into this Super Bowl, when the Buccaneers stroll in, I'm like, I don't see it as much as I would have like that full healthy 49ers team last year." how they could stop them, you know? Like the first half, they had us all in the first half. Or like the Niners could win this. They have a capable offense to get it done in Jimmy G because that defense is going to shut down the best quarterback in the league and boom. And that Yeah, but I think the difference, uh, other than, you know, Tom Brady compared to Jimmy G, obviously you're going to take Brady. But I think other than that, the major difference is that a lot of the 49ers players that were – you know, the studs and the guys that everyone was looking to, they were on a little bit of the younger side. They weren't much older. So obviously you have Sherman, like, you know, you have some guys that are going to be older, but I feel like with this, with the Buccaneers defense, their young guys are where their struggles are for the most part in their secondary. And then you look at that defensive line. They're, they're guys that have been around, you know, they've been in similar situations. They, they're not, it's the moment's not too big for them. They're going to go out there and they know exactly how to handle it. So I think that's scary is that, you know, you don't have a guy like Nick Bosa or Solomon Thomas who are young. You have JPP, Nadam Kasu. You have some of like those two guys, for example, been in the league years. They're hungry for this. JPP has been there. They know what this, the, the moment's not too big for them. It's not something that, you know, oh, wait, you find out halfway through the game or right into the game. This is not like any other game. Because you could say it a million times. It's not just like any other game. You're going to go out there and you're going to tell yourself it's any other game, but you, it, you're going to play different. Once you get through that experience and you live it, it's different. And I feel like that's what's going to happen is I feel like you're, you're going to have the, these veteran guys that are really going to make the difference on that defense to – I'm not saying they'll win. I'm just saying I think that's what's going to be the main difference is if they can play the way that they, they have on defense, having Tom Brady on the other side of that with one of the best – receiving groups in the league that's that's scary yeah and this is also andy Reid too going through the super bowl this isn't a quarter uh, uh sorry this isn't a head coach that's gonna slip and make the wrong decisions he doesn't care yeah. he'll go for it on a punt 
Like he'll have a trick oh, play yeah. on a punt. He'll motion the quarterback, which I've never seen before up until this year, and yeah. just do anything he can to score. And if he's down, they're not going to get discouraged. They're going to get it done. They're, yeah, they're just going to keep going. They're not going to change their game plan. They're just going to so keep going. I hope Arians, like, and again, Tom Brady, three, tu- three interceptions isn't going to cut it. Oh, no, that's not against that, that could be a possibility. And because the, the Kansas City Chiefs, like all year, their defense may be just okay at best. But when it comes playoff time, they just like flip They're a different. switch. They're, They're just different. like a different breed defense. Tyron Matthew yeah. may even get a pick this next, this next in this Super Bowl. He's going to have some big plays, you know? Um, that's just how it's going to be. It's not going to cut it. So don't expect to go deep on this team and expect oh, Chris Godwin to come, out, come down with the ball on like a bounce that – doesn't hit the ground somehow. Yeah, they're, they're going to... Just not. They're, if he goes deep a majority of his plays, it's going to be scary. I don't know how many of those he's going to complete down the field. So, Chris, as we, as we wind down here, last thing I'll bring up before we wrap it up. Um, if you were a betting man, which I know you don't, you probably don't bet a lot. I don't even know if you've placed a bet in your lifetime, especially no, like on mobile or anything. No, not through that kind of stuff. Okay, no. so... Um, it's probably, I mean, that's probably smart. I mean, considering what's going on in the stock market market these days, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you have that figured out, good for you. But uh, if you were a betting man and you were, ha- if you wanted to put money down just straight up on a winner, would you? Which quarterback would you feel worse about? Or like, well, I'm gonna lean quarterback because that's a lot where people where people are swaying. It's like, would if you would you feel worse to bet against Tom Brady? Or would you feel worse to bet against Patrick Mahomes? Because if the Chiefs lose, you're like, I should have known Tom Brady, greatest of all time, has a horseshoe up his yeah. A and somehow yeah. like finds a way. And then there's Patrick Mahomes like, oh, wait, Patrick Mahomes, the guy who's going to be the face of the NFL and is the face of the NFL right now for the next 20 years. I bet against that guy, the guy who can throw like 80 yards downfield, the guy who can make plays and like slip through tackles and somehow find Tyree Kill down, downfield or Travis Kill. It's like, which who do you feel worse about betting against. Yeah, I mean, well, what I've been seeing comparisons, and it's pretty true, it's pretty accurate, is they say this is like the no uh, NBA... No passes, I almost forgot about that. Sorry. Yeah, this is like the NBA version of like Jordan versus LeBron. Like that's essentially what it is. It's like you have the, the, the past time, the older time guy on the end of his career, and then, you know, a couple years back, obviously, and then you have LeBron coming in who they say could be the next Jordan. So it's like that's kind of the same comparison. You have Brady who has all this... Success has been named the GOAT. And then you have Patrick Mahomes, who a lot are saying, you know, he's going to go after Brady for the greatest of all time. He might be the next Brady. Like, who knows? Um, honestly, in, in this type of game, I know that they, they both have experience. Mahomes has won it last year. Brady wins it more. He, he's in a Super Bowl. It's more likely he makes a Super Bowl than Steph Curry makes a three, which is crazy. But, That's a dumb stat. It's not, but, it's not the same sport. <laughs> Come on. But I personally, I, I don't see how how you bet against Brady. Really? I just don't. I really? just don't. Not in this type of game. I just don't see it. I mean, when you look at the games, when you look at the big games that he's lost, so pretty much Super Bowl, when you look at the Super Bowls that he has lost, um. One, two of them were against the Giants. And again, what had to happen for him to lose? The Giants had to play perfect on defense, and they had to have a crazy play in great catches, like free catches that any other day are not happening. 
They had to have that happen. So pretty much all the stars aligned, and that's how they ended up doing it. And then the same thing with uh, when you have the Eagles. You know, they they just went out there, had to throw all these trick plays, do have all these tricks up their sleeves in order to kind of outmaneuver Brady. That's what they had to do. And, and they went out there, and, and it was high scoring, and they kept up with them. It wasn't necessarily defense. It's just they went out there with their offense, had these trick plays, just did different things, something that wasn't out in the regular season. The idea is things have to fall perfectly into place, and you can't just go out there and play a regular football game to beat Brady. And I know that, like you said, Andy Reid does not play a normal game when it comes to playoffs. He does do all these play actions and all these these different types of formations that you don't see before. But it's just it's it's I don't I'm it's so hard to count against Brady. I feel you on that, and I'm going to feel terrible because come Super Bowl, um, just to give a sneak preview, I'm already leaning the other way, and I have my reasons why. And I'll give I, you I, a, and I'll give you a sneak preview for next week because we're going to go over it again, um, just to let everyone know. And I might even eat my words because I have been for like the past however many years. Chris, you know, I vote for the wrong team every year. Um, yeah. But this one's very tough. This one, this one's one of the toughest. Um, and it's that at the end of the day, I'm going to learn from my mistake from last year. And it's not the same matchup. No matter the defense, you have no quarterback, no hope. Jimmy G may even be done in, in the Niners, right? Yeah. So you go with the better quarterback and you go with the better coach. Because look, looking back on the Rams-Pats game, that Super Bowl, you're like, you fall in love with that Rams defense. Quarterback isn't that great. And you have a decent coach, but you're not as good as the guy on the other side. Yeah. So I'm going to have to run with the better quarterback, who even at 50% looks phenomenal, and the better coach, who has been there, always been known to never win the big game, never gets discouraged, can come back from however many point deficits. And that's just the side I got to roll with. Never been that big of a fan of Arians. Love Tom Brady. But if he somehow comes out with seven rings, I don't, I don't even what kind of philosophy I need to run with going into a Super Bowl anymore. <laughs> and I'm going to have to rethink life. But that's a little sneak preview going into next week when we uh, preview Super Bowl 55. All righty. So, yep. Chris, anything else you got to add here, man? No, I'm just just excited to see this Super Bowl. It's definitely gonna be uh, definitely gonna be interesting. Will be interesting, and we got a lot to talk about heading towards the Super Bowl. We got some time, so we got another week where we're going to preview the Super Bowl. I mentioned it ten times on here already, so we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Stay tuned for that, and guys, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Franchise Tag Pod. The YouTube channel is Franchise Tag Podcast. Um, we got some video clips on there if you want to watch. Um, and always, you could find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. If you enjoy this show, leave a rating and review. Tell some friends about the show. If you love sports, please do that. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week for the Super Bowl 55 preview. Peace out.